0: Welcome to our community. this is Saratova state Parshiski. We're going to talk about um war, peace. Um who 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 who's who's the victor? Who's the victor? Throughout Jewish history, I'm going to speak about something that began eight hundred and almost eight hundred uh fifty years ago. It'll be eight hundred and fifty years this coming Shavuot, Um, etc. And and The question is, in life, as Yidden, in Jewish history, who's the winner, who's the loser? We definitely know that, and and sorry, and that evolves into, in life altogether, we're thrust into situations where we feel like they're the winner and we're not. And maybe that's not the case. You know, how does it work with the balance of power? We, we haven't, I, I guess many of us, myself included, haven't yet reached person, personal gu'ula enough to feel um, that there isn't any more war. And really what we're going to see over the next three days is the war is over, in a sense. We no longer have to live with that warlike mentality, if you or me. But it, it it takes some work to get used to it because we were trained to believe that life is a constant war. Um, a lot of years ago we were in a bungalow colony where it turned out the pool wasn't even on the premises. We had to go across uh a road to get to the pool and all kinds of don't even ask. It was quite an eventful summer. And and I remember somebody who usually has a really good attitude say Every minute, another problem. So in life, we could have that feeling. It's very easy. You don't have to work very hard to really experience every minute there's another problem coming along. You don't have to be a kvetch to find a new problem almost every minute. So how do we put that against the backdrop backdrop of, the idea of kisaytir uh, lemolchama, as actually um, as as is brought out in Chassidus, that the avaid of molchama, avaidus molchama, kisaytir lemolchama, we're going to see a lot in the next few days. The avaid of molchama is mitach yadiva kares al mitasa la shayach In truth, when we are in the war. In a war right now, whether it's a war between,
1: in anything,
0: you know, the tiniest thing or the biggest thing, um, there really is no opponent. I mean, now that everything's pre-elections, people are dealing with who, who, you know, who's the winner, who's the loser, who's the opponent. In a sense, there is no more opponent, and we're going to see in a second what that means. Somebody said in this, this Shabbos, uh, they were talking about the virus, and somebody said, "Uh huh, yeah." You'll see that it will suddenly disappear after the elections. I thought that was quite humorous. What does that tell us? You know, hmm, makes you wonder, doesn't it? It was, it was, it was quite interesting. You'll see that somehow it, it will magically disappear. After the elections, depending on who wins. So, <laughs> right? So how could it be there, there's no more war? In other words, not there's no more war, but when you are in war, then it's not at war with an enemy, because <speaking in Hebrew> when you go out to war against your enemy. Who's your enemy? al When you go out to war with an enemy, al means above the enemy. So if I'm higher than the enemy, that's not called a war. That means I'm going to win. It's a fake war. I'm higher than my enemy. So what's the purpose of the war? Hashem is going to give us the spoils of war through this encounter. Okay. So where do we take that? What does that mean? That that's a tough one to get used to. It's good news. It means that today you are above your enemy. You are not an equal match to your enemy. Or he, he's she's not an equal match to you. You are the winner. But you need we need to step into that. Believe that we are the winner. Okay, so I want to step back in history, the year 1171. That was 850 years ago. That was the begin. that was the very first blood libel in Blois, France. I've spoken about it before. And you'll see in a second why. Of course, that was a point in history in which we certainly didn't feel like, who, who, who did we have as an enemy? Catholic Church, very big enemy, right? The Church was a giant enemy fighting against us. It took some work to feel that we're above our enemy. We always knew that spiritually we're above our enemy. We certainly felt that our enemy had power. And they did on some level. Forty families burned out Kiddush Hashem, blood libel, and we and and there's a lot that's happened since then. But before that, I want to take it back even further. There's I think a med, a medrash that says the city of Rome, city of the Rome, remember, is the precursor for a Catholic Church. That's where it started. There was a reed that was somehow was in the Mediterranean Sea and this reed it it just implanted itself in the Mediterranean Sea and then earth and debris started to form around it (coughs) more and more and more until it became a large piece of land which eventually became the city of Rome. (coughs) Excuse me. Which eventually became the Roman Empire. It started with that, with this reed. And the reed is with the name Kana, letter Kuf. It's a, a very masculine letter and a letter that denotes going below the line of caducea In a very invasive type of a way. And so it created the horrors of the Roman Empire. There must have been something good. There are obviously positive things that came from the Roman Empire. But the horrors of the Roman Empire are denoted by what was done in the blood libel. What's a blood libel? What's a reed? What's a blood libel? A reed is a little, little piece of branch, and it's it's, it's more of a feminine type of a branch than a masculine one because it's very bendable and it's very supple and it's very, you know, um, curvy type of a a branch. The reed it's soft and and curvy as opposed to a, a solid, hard stick. Who would ever believe that this little branch, this little reed, could grow into something so massive, an empire, and an empire that could portray such unspeakable evil? But from one teeny tiny thing, down the line, you can have infinite stuff. So, by the way, we're going to see soon. That means in the positive two. So, now, let's, let's go to what happened in France in Bois in 1171. Also, some insignificant little incident. Uh, um, a slave was at the water, the Loire River. He saw something drop out of a Yid's coat. He made up a story. Everybody decided to believe the story. That's what a libel is. Everybody knows it's a false story. It's actually based on nothing. It's a little piece of dirt, like we're saying, like the little pieces of dirt that surrounded this reed, this nothing with nothing reed in the Mediterranean Sea. There's this little fabricated story, some kind of a fur um, dropped out of um the Yid's coat because he didn't want them to be stolen, so he had them in his coat. When he went down to drink, they fell out. This French peasant decided he was going to fabricate a story out of nothing and more dirt around it and more and more and more until it turned into the very first real blood libel. Totally fabricated based on some little piece of nothing And it grows into something giant. 700 and... and, Sorry. And, one more thing. The Yidden in that town of Bois, they gave their lives al-Kedush Hashem. Their choice was when they were all locked into the building and told that they would go al-Kedush Hashem, of course, the Gala walked in, and the Gala was being paid enormous amounts of money. The corruption is beyond, beyond, beyond. Again, this is the evil of that institution. The Gala offered, offered them the opportunity. He said they could, any of them, could go free as long as they just, you know, bowed down to the Salem and embraced that, and no one did and it infuriated him. And tradition goes, seems to say that um, the sound of, uh, sounds of the singing of Aleinu was heard by the Kaddish and by the martyrs as they were leaving the world in um, al Kiddish Hashem, all together in one building. So, that would seem like Kiseit al it would seem like we have an endless war that we can never win with Asav at the top. Asav is in charge. Yaakov is under his jurisdiction. There's nothing much that Yaakov Avinu can do. This little Jew who knows that Beruchni is he really represents the truth, but he has no real power. And so, of in the form of the Roman Empire, the Galachim, can, that's it. They have control. That's the way it looks. Eventually, we come to a point in history, of course, as we've said many times, where it turns around. And then it becomes obvious, not only the but the Gashnius is that when you go into war against your enemies, you are totally above your enemies, and if you believe in that reality, everything will change. In those days, everything changed in that they couldn't conquer our spirits. They did lose. They did lose. Because what they wanted was for us to convert, and we refused. So they did lose. But but still, you didn't lost their lives. Now we're in a situation, as the Rebbe tells us, where that doesn't have to be anymore either. Now we can stand proudly and do it smartly, and um, and be standing head and shoulders among those who used to be our enemies. You know, just this morning I went walking um in a neighborhood that has all kinds of people and uh from this back house came out um three three youths. um you know hood type of youth let's just say that if they if they if they lived in New York they would live in um the more um uh crime ridden areas of New york so two girls and a boy with a dog thank God it wasn't a big dog and I'm just okay and right away they come right up to me and the girl says to me Shalom I said oh okay hi Shalom I want to I want to read to learn to read the Torah in Hebrew not in English like the real thing I said oh, I gave her a Mrs card and He said, yeah, I understand what you mean. It's so complicated in Hebrew. said, yeah. And then I said, this is a special protection for you, this card. And she said, oh, yeah, we need protection now. And they went on their way. We're used to usually thinking, oh, boy, I'm in trouble. They would be the mushbeam. We would be the victims, God forbid. But as soon as they saw me, they decided, oh, there is my Armasbia. There is our, <laughs> there is our She knows the truth, and we want to learn the truth. Okay, maybe she'll become my shemanimist student. Who knows? <laughs> so there's a change in history. You say to the when you go out to war, the question is, do we still want to go out to war? Because already now it's imperative that we recognize, May we are higher than the enemy. The purpose of this encounter, let's not call it a war, this term, the purpose of this encounter is for us to take the sparks of Taihu from Asa and put them together with the Kalim of Tikkun, which is ours, and create the, the light of Taihu in, into the Kalim of Tikkun. So. Where do we stand historically? So let's fast forward 770 years from that blood libel. From the year 1171, let's fast forward to the year 1941. If I did the math right, um, that was 770 years. No, right. Seven hundred and seventy years. So figure that one. What happened in the year 1941? Today, fourth and fifth of Elul, my family was wiped out in Poland. By the same Roman Empire thing, right? in the Holocaust. Ukrainians, you mash and the Nazis, you It was of twenty-three thousand men, women, and children in two days. I was thinking about it today. It was the first mass killing in two days. Just boom, everybody, everybody eliminated, not taken away. Just I think there were different phases of the war. I, thank God, I'm not an expert in this. This began the phase where there they started to be mass massacres, rather than trains, et cetera. So, um, I'm imagining that they were preparing for Rosh Hashanah. They were thinking about Rosh Hashanah and maybe even today they, maybe some of them then heard Schaeffer in Schultz. Maybe everybody was waiting to hear And instead they were sent to the world of truth in the, in not a nice way. And it certainly looked at, and so, my family, Tova um, uh, um, I guess Avram I don't know her father's name, etc. and her children, etc. some of her children, her grandchildren, all went together at that time. So, it certainly looked, from the first blood libel, till 770 years later, like we're still in a war in which they... They have taken over. They are in charge. They are above us. Certainly look like it. Again, throughout Jewish history, you didn't go al Kiddush Hashem. You're not ready to bow down. There wasn't a choice given here, but... Okay. Now let's fast forward again. 30 years after that. 1971. What happens in 1971? Now, it's exactly 800 years from the first bloodline. And sorry, by the way, why am I telling you all this? Because 1941, I, I just read a book about French resistance during, during the war, the Maquis, and, you know, going throughout France and doing different resistance activities. And eventually, you know, also coming to the town of Bois and realizing that there had not been Yidden there for 770 years. There was no Jewish presence. There must be now. I would assume there's probably a Chabad house. I guess I have to look it up. But at that time, for 770 years, no Yidden lived in Bois. Because it seemed like they won. The enemy was higher. Okay, so we say fast forward 30 years. 1971. What happens in 1971? Teis Chana, Um Chana, uh, Yeshivas in Eretz Yisrael, women's Yeshivas, women's Balchuvah Yeshivas open up. So now we have come full circle. 800 years and then we come full circle. Lubavitcher so rather has a vision others are followed, following the same path of vision that now, I'm going to say it like this it goes from a blood, a blood libel to a truth libel the women are now going to be trained to tell the truth so what's a blood libel? a blood libel is the ultimate lie that nobody even believes is so insane of course, what was the lie that, uh, that they, Rahman murdered a Christian child, that drained his blood, and used it to bake masses And there was no such child that was ever found. It wasn't even, you know, in later generations during blood libel, somebody would, some non-Jew would murder a Christian child, or, or and, and then blame it on the Jews. Over here, there wasn't even any body. There wasn't even anybody who wasn't alive to even, show as evidence. They just made up the whole story and everybody bought into the, the whole story. So that's the ultimate the, the the lie the libel, the ultimate untruth. And exactly 800 years later the ultimate truth starts to become mainstream. And what is the idea? Don't just take girls who always grew up grew all their lives. Girls from totally secular backgrounds we are going to reveal to them it, to uncover their their pinteleid which puts them totally um, in synchrony by, by their nature by their neshama with Taira and they will spread truth, absorb truth learn truth and spread the ultimate truth, the truth libel in the entire world forever and that truth libel will illuminate the world forever and bring Mashiach. That truth libel is the reality of Mashiach. So that was 1971. And again, why am I mentioning all this? Because today is the anniversary, the fourth kiss of Ello, of the 1941 incident. Those Kedushim. So you could say in Blois, France, they were Kedushim. In, in, The Holocaust, and this is Kamenitz Padol, and everybody in the Holocaust, they were Kedashim. And even in 1971, Kedashim. Only now the mandate became, rather than, God forbid, dying al Kiddush Hashem, living Kiddush Hashem. What's living Kiddush Hashem? Living truth and standing up for the truth and teaching the truth to the world in a way that no one ever could before. This is kisefel mocham me-alai-zecha. when you go out to war against over your enemies. So what's the war? The war is that last resistance to guula and the war is that last resistance of which is which is which is real. Lies are truth. The world of truth or the world of lies. I mean, what I, we mentioned about the elections and the virus. So everybody knows at this point that we're in embroiled in a war of truth versus lies, uh, stuff about we don't want to say too much, but the medical system, etc., and all kinds of stuff. It's it's not such pretty stuff that's running the world at this point, and yet underneath it, there is a whole facade of lies running the world. And yet, underneath it is um, the truth that's absolutely percolating up from within everybody's neshama, and even among the, 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 the non-Jews, percolating up and eretz and the eretz the um, uh, The truth is is sprouting up from everywhere, which would explain why I'm walking down the street and they see these. Uh, kinda of not so savory looking youth and they say, Oh shalom and etc. And they're so happy to have the shevon missus car. They say good thing was a small dog, you know. <laughs> so now we come to eight hundred and fifty years later. That's where we're up to it'll be in the year twenty twenty one in a few months. Eight hundred and fifty years from that original blood libel in in France. And and Bashka you know, um Daniela's we wanna keep the the new Shahneafa for Daniela's brother. France. Um mmm Abraham Ben Eliel. So and we see that France as we know from all the sikhs that we know, France became from a place where there you couldn't overcome the lie because the church was so intense a place that's sending out truth to the whole world. And we know, as was brought out very much, yod alif a couple of years ago, the cathedral, which represented the power and the sovereignty of the Roman Empire over truth and over the Jews, it was their victory. It was the, it was the bastion of their victory. It was like the Kremlin was in Russia. The representation of the iron hand of the communist regime. And it fell. The the Kremlin and the Iron Curtain fell. So too, it took some years, some years after that, this bastion of representation of the sovereignty of the Roman Empire over the truth of the Jews, the sovereignty of Asa when he's at his worst over Yaakov, embodied in that cathedral burned down when missed Nislam. So therefore we understand that we find ourselves now in a moment 850 years later where yes we experience that there's a battle but we are no longer the victims we are the leaders we're not used to being in a battle. Well, what do you do when you're in a battle but you're the leader? And you have all the wisdom of Keneen Atira? How do you fight a battle when you're the winner? You're higher than your enemy. You're not, they're not really your enemy. They're, they're They're trying to spend the last few seconds acting like an enemy but really they're there to give you something. As it says, the shaviv, they're there to give you, Shavi Shalosh they're there to give you, They're there to hand over you, to you the sparks of the world of Tayhu. That's why they're coming into contact with you. Esav comes into contact with Yaakov because he says, I have to give you these sparks of Tayhu. You need them to bring the Ge'ulah. We need that combination. So it's not a real war. Okay, so we're going to sum up all these few little periods in history, and what is the point that we're making when we're talking about 1171, 1941, 1971, and now, and soon it will be twenty twenty one you know eight hundred and fifty years later we're talking about a process of evolution of when you go out to war over your enemy that as we said, it always seemed like we knew that in the deepest spiritual sense we're really above our enemies. no one can defeat us the when 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 whatever his name was, Father Theobald, or some Theobald, or Father Mesa, walked into that place and gave all the Yidden the chance to convert to Christianity, and they would be allowed free, and and they refused to. Then it became obvious that we are, higher than our enemies. We dance to a higher tune. Even life itself, we should never be tested, God forbid even physical life itself is still a, is, it cannot challenge our real essential connection. You saw the putschabichal kulachat. That we're one with Hashem and that we cannot, we just, it's our basic essence that that cannot be severed. And that was then, and, and the difference between gullus and Gaula and 850 years later, please God, even though 770 years later it was today the massacre of 1941. That I am, a, you know, my family is survivors, of, or not? I mean, my the the my grandfather had already left to America many years before. He was a, was his mother who, who that I'm named after, who was taken out Kiddush Hashem. Even then, it seems like who is winning? Who is winning? But we have to understand that when we hit the number, the year 770, it's, we're going to hit a moment where either the miracle is going to be very obvious or else there's going to be such a core-to-core confrontation. We're not going to know how to interpret it. So I, no one's going to say, wow, the miracle was a Downing in 1941. What do you mean? All those six million. Where's the miracle? So we're not, we understand there was a miracle. All we can say is same time, 1941, when that started to happen, the Allied forces went in and there was an end to the war. There was an end to the war. What else happened in 1941? The Rebbe came to America. In fact, the, the Rebbe came to America, and this happened the fourth of Elul. So, I mean, it, 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 it's one of it's one of those situations where we're saying Rebbe came kayach sivan, the twenty eighth of Sivan, nineteen forty one. Nine and a half, nine or ten weeks later. Nine is the number of emmets. We had this horrific, horrific thing that, you know, began. It wasn't just what it was, the 23,000 people. Rahman holy. 23,000 holy souls, every one of them. It really was the beginning of a lot of... It was the first of... One of the first of those kinds of massacres, t f Many, you know, a few million were lost in that way. A few million Kedashians happened from those similar type of encounters. Where's the miracle? And it's interesting, right? From, oh my goodness, right, even more. How many years from the first blood libel, which happened on Chav Sivan, till the Rebbe came to America on Chav From the 20th of Sivan, which is the first blood libel, Kiddush Hashem, 1171, to 1941, the 28th of Sivan, it's 770 years. Are you sure my math is right? 770 years. Very perplexing energy. Didn't look like a good thing. On the one hand, the Nasi Adar is coming to the second half of the globe which means that now you will have the entire world begins to be filled with the knowledge of Hashem <coughs> until that moment you had the knowledge of Hashem packed into one side of the world essentially the learning of Hasidus, the learning of Pneen Yitzatairah was in Europe and Asia and it was coming to an end and it was all being transferred over to the other half of the globe, once it the, on the other half of the globe. Now you have the beginning of, from that moment on, the entire world is filled with the knowledge of Hashem, like water fills the ocean bed. That's one thing that's happening 770 years later. The truth will now fill the entire world. What happened 770 years before? The lies were filling the entire world blood libel in between those 770 years. So now the truth is going to fill the whole world. Why it took incredible Kiddush Hashem on the part of the Jewish people to, to accompany this new reality, we have no idea. And it's beyond unspeakable. And the only, can't even say justification, is that if today we also stand for spreading the spreading the truth of, of the truth, not the, the 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 truth libel, not the blood libel, not the the lie in 1171, which was followed by centuries of blood libels, but the truth libel, filling the truth, filling the entire world. It also has to be accompanied by Kiddush Hashem. And that's perhaps why we saw it. In 1971, 30 years later, 800 years on the dot, women's Baal, Shuba, women Baal Yeshivas start to open up. Once you get the women going and Baal Shuba women going, boom, they're going to spread truth. We like to talk a lot, right? We like to question and we like to delve into things and we like to talk a lot. Can't stop us now once we start to talk and tell the whole world the truth and make trouble wherever we go, right? And now it's not only 800 years later, it's 850 years later. And it it seems that it always demands this Kiddush Hashem to open up this new reality from lies to truth. We now stand at a moment in history when the world of lies not about Jews. Notice that the lie switched. The focus of the blood libel was always on Jews, etc. has nothing to do with us. It's true that the one who invented the culprit medicine that could cure the whole thing is the Lubavitcher Cusset. And, Amen, you shall have total reforce a a total, complete, and bring the world to Ge'ulah. Amen. But, the same Kiddush Hashem is required now. We are embroiled in, hopefully, the last battle of the world of lies trying to block out the world, the, the, the truth. Only now it settles itself into not about Jews, but about medicine. And about Ameri- the American political system, and it's a fierce battle, or so it would seem. Except that, ein balanes maker benisa. the one who's in the midst of a miracle doesn't recognize that he's in the midst of a miracle. So, if after 770 years, that sure didn't look like a From the first bloodline, it sure didn't look like a miracle. But what was going on with the to coming to America? That was a miracle. We understand we, again, are in an oxymoron where we're clearly in the midst of a miracle and we don't recognize it. And it's for us to re rethink and revise the way we think and the way we speak about everything, about the final war. Because if it's true, (laughs) Kisei alaybecha, And remember, in 1991, in this week, there was a war going on in Crown Heights. And there had been a war going on in Russia for 70 years. The war against truth, the war against Judaism. It's Just pieces and pieces and pieces of the same thing. If we react with Kiddush Hashem now, when you go out to war, when you're in something that looks like a war, we have to realize you are higher than your enemy. The purpose of this war is that they should give us something. They're fighting us because they need something from us. They we, they need something. They need to give us something. What do they need to give us? As it says in the sefer, They need to give us the shavisa the shaviv. They need to give us the spoils of war. We will go to war. The Nasno Hashem Elokecha and Hashem will put them into your hand. You will win. He will give you the enemy in your hand. He will give you the spoils of war. The spoils of war are the sparks of the world of Taihu that fell into the physical world, and we'll speak about it in other days. That through our Avida, we receive the lights of Taihu, and we bring them down, and we unify them with the vessels of Tikkun, and this is the net effect. This is the Gula mitzvashleimah. So yei that we should do with Kiddush Hashem and the Seer of Nefesh, but Lebedic of Kiddush Hashem, living Kiddush Hashem, switching our Gula's mentality to a Gula viewpoint. Nobody has to die al Kiddush Hashem anymore, God forbid. That was already, that was in the year, that was in the 770s. Huh? Now we're 850 after that. That was in 1941. Now it's 2020, etc going into Tafshin Pe'alaf. That's it. The Kiddush Hashem today will be that we see Geula, we stand for truth with a Geula mindset. We shift everything from an enemy to an ally in our mind. And through this, we usher in the Gula Mithas Vashlema through Mashiach Tukeno, and it should be immediately now.